There we go. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning, after evening. I am your host, Invisible Star. Welcome to another episode of Conspiracy to Commit Journalism. I say another because this is not my first time. This isn't my first rodeo. This is, however, my first time broadcasting here with Airtime Pro. We're taking her out for a little test drive this evening. Gonna see how everything goes. So, I'm still figuring stuff out here. It's <laughs> it's a little bit different. IP streaming versus something more, well, streamlined, like, say, YouTube Live or uh, DLive or uh, Google Hangouts. Showing my age here a little bit. Uh, usually, I'm over, you can catch me over on Spoon. Uh, won't be providing my username over on Spoon because I feel the algos target me after I've been on a particular platform long enough. It'll happen here too eventually, I'm sure, if it hasn't already. But we're we're gonna try to we're gonna try to keep Mark Zuckerberg out of my affairs for as long as possible. Some of you might be wondering, Invisible Star, why aren't you on Facebook? Why aren't you on the tweeters? Well, if you listen long enough, if you're patient enough, you'll find out. This isn't your daddy's six o'clock news. This is not uh, your government approved Narrative, selective narrative reuptake inhibitor type uh, programming. I'm going to talk about stuff here. Approach it from a different angle than you have probably heard. If you've never listened to independent media or alternative media before, this is going to be a different kind of show. I do swear on here. Some people get offended by that, but I figured I'd give the disclaimer right away been trying to keep it down to a minimum but as the show progresses and as my uh, my magazine reload count increases reload uh, gets a gets a little gets a little hairy I do not have show notes tonight this is going to be free thought. It's going to be free form show. I'm just going to be firing from the hip. At some point I might be utilizing the spoon platform here. We'll see where this evening takes us. Right now, I'm not even certain that I'm actually broadcasting live. I could just be speaking to myself. But I am employing a recording device just in case. Just in case. So let me um test something out here real quick. <clears throat> Uh, 
what I want to do is see if this is actually, well, we probably need to kill that so it's not creating some god-awful feedback. Sorry about that, folks. Okay. All right. So, fuck it. We're live. We're doing it live. All right. Well, I just listened a little bit to the uh, live stream there. Let me see here if I can... share this around. I'm probably going to be doing a couple of these tonight because I had this set for two hours and I've already screwed the pooch. I don't know that this is going to be an episode that gets re-aired. We'll, we'll see. We're working out the kinks here at uh, the Invisible Studios. So I'm just going to send this over to a couple of folks here, the link here, and see if see if we can get our listenership up a little bit. Let's see. I promise we'll eventually get around to some actual programming this evening. Alright, so I'm going to, we're going to play some clips here this evening too. This should work, in theory, this should work. Uh, hmm. It's very odd here. It looks like it's still fucking playing.
Ah, there it is. There we go. Good thing I saw that. Very odd. Um, hmm. Mines.com is being a little, little fuckstick to me right now for some reason. I looked around on the terms of service for for Airtime Pro, and I could not find anything about using uh, bad language. So I'm just kind of winging it here right now. I might need to employ a, a, a bleep pedal or something. So while I'm pulling my head out of my rectum, I'd like to play some clips here. Now I might, <laughs> I'm going to warn you right now, there might be some JQ stuff in here. And I usually steer well, well clear of that kind of material. Because it is a vortex of nothingness that leads nowhere. So I might cut this right off, but this is from uh, Tom Lacavera over on republicbroadcastingnetwork.org. What the fuck is going on here? Uh, his show name is RTR Truth Media, and he's on, I think he's on Sunday afternoon now is his new time slot. This video is titled, Proof of an Occupied Government, Will Good Men Stand? I guess he means stand up. So, let's see if we can get 30 seconds into this without somebody blaming a certain ethnic group. I I love Tom Lacavera Stewart as a host. The guy's awesome. But when he gets off on his Israel rants, you might as well just pack it in for the evening because that's all he's going to talk about, and I am... Not interested. But. Yep. Okay, never mind. Yep, Israel stuff. <sighs> Look, I'm not talking about that stuff on airtime. I'm just not doing it because nothing, and I do mean nothing, will get me pulled off from a platform quicker than poking at that particular subject. 
In fact, just me saying what I just said is dangerous enough. So we're just going to scoot right along. Plenty of <coughs> news, if you know what I mean, to talk about this evening. So, fantastic analysis by Thomas Sheridan of the psychological warfare at work on the populace during this pandemic and an insight into the into them mindset of the compliant and fearful masses. Well worth a listen. This is the YouTubes. And here's what he has to say. I just love the fucking infinite pop-up advertisements and they these these corporations wonder why people use adblock. I mean they probably don't wonder why. I mean really. <laughs> There's not much to wonder, but they they're probably f- very frustrated at this, but not nearly as frustrated as uh the end user is to have constant pop-ups. Okay. I was going to to make a video yesterday in this continuing theme, but I was absolutely livid after the press conference yesterday, and I want to talk about that. Yeah, the government press conference yesterday. Now, uh, before. I go into that. I've started a new documentary series on my documentary and film review channel, Beyond Room 313. <clears throat> if you would like to be interested in that kind of thing, the new documentary series is on the history of the occult in Europe. It's not from a, a religious perspective or anything. It's just it's just basically topics that interest me and how Europe developed its its okay, that's cool. smirks as they told that the pubs couldn't open and this kind of thing. Basically, it was a mandate for private parties and she-beans and stuff like that. They never thought about that. And uh, that's basically what they did. And it was, they're sitting there saying, oh, we know it's going to hurt a lot of people and the smirk's going up. Now, what Duper's Delight is, is a pathological individual. It's uh, when they pull a fast one on you and they they, they, they go like this. Ah, sure it is, yeah. It's caused by a, a rush of adrenaline in the brain that they pull the fast one on you. And it's one of the telltakes, telltale signs of a pathological individual. You know, somebody, you'll all, you'll all remember someone in your life where you say to them, that paint, did you sure get, you know, a painter, like a dodgy painter comes over to your place and it looks like, are you sure you gave that wall two coats? Ah, oh, yeah, I gave it two coats of the best paint. That's that. You look at that press conference, it's full, they're full of that kind of thing. They don't believe that there's any kind of pandemic or anything like that. This is purely a control method. Now, there was a, a, a visceral backlash. You could feel it after the Monday press conference. And uh, the small family publicans particularly were, you know, were just, you could send the grins. These people are on the, the, on the point of being wiped out. And the small business, false family shops and everything like this. And st- anyone who can't like open up business. Uh, have their life back and 
there was a, a fury you could see the sense the furious backlash but the the mainstream media all of them the journal.ie irish times rt they're all propaganda outlets have to remember that they, they, they claim they're not but they are and so they didn't cover this in any real depth they didn't go and talk to people or that were on the streets that would be angry about it and then so the, the, the anger was definitely festering and boiling and then suddenly out of the blue yesterday with unbelievable pomp and circumstance the government has another press conference that's you would think that they were about to announce that ireland was was to be had a million deaths and you know it was a tidal wave coming in and we had five minutes to live it was literally done with all this pomp and circumstance uh seriousness uh with this doogie hauser md who's the health of fish spokesperson officially have at the moment and basically <laughs> what they told us was that one person died of COVID 19 in ireland last week and we're back into a possible second lockdown one person so your way of life has to be destroyed because one person died of COVID 19 last week and of course they spun in every way to make it sound like it wasn't that there's also isolated clusters they're now telling us where most people are testing asymptomatic which means they don't have it and just because the virus is on someone doesn't mean it's, it's, it's affecting anybody and even if that's true and clusters around meat processing plants in the irish midlands mostly so now they're talking about what they're doing in england and this is an extremely devious bureaucracy pathology pathological bureaucracy here they're basically saying we might have to lock down certain towns and counties now that will make people that's the, the purpose of that is not to contain the virus but to get people who are not in the lockdown towns and counties to be extra compliant for fear that oh they'll lock us down well if we're not good see how it's working you see how they're doing it it's already happening in the north of leicester in the north of england they're being told behave yourself or we lock you down next but it's not said like that it's subconsciously put out there so after seeing no one wearing masks for uh, really I, I go to the supermarket the other day and everyone had a mask except me and they're walking around a state of terror because the mask represents oh just look even if you don't believe it put the mask on because the sooner we are if, if the government sees us all wearing the mask they'll, they'll they'll stop the lockdowns and give us our country back this is really what's happening it's fear it's a fear that's happening here and the government is training the citizens like they're dumb animals and unfortunately lots of them are dumb animals you have to all you have to do is go to the to the comments section of something like the journal.ie to see how how like these hysterical ninnies screaming for lockdowns and a lot of them i've noticed a lot of them they're always the same type they're they're obsessed they're, they live in ireland but they're obsessed with some british soccer club their their banners you or their profile pick is usually some british soccer club so they're they have an identity crisis they think they're english and uh, they want to be english you know like they want that this is so it's weird uh, they believe everything they, they believe everything the government says to them if anyone if anyone even says well even presents a prosaic or a rational argument they'll say oh jim core here oh jim o'doherty here with a new account is that you Gemma? just the kind of things they do and they have no comeback they're they're completely animals who've been trained like that way and we mustn't be trying to i mean people said to me yesterday you should be trying to reach these people no they're beyond hope they're beyond hope they're beyond hope and uh, <clears throat> they uh they're all the same they all have the same archetype uh, the sort of like uh 
the kind of characters that James Joyce like have the citizen in his uh, novel Ulysses. Yeah, yeah, whatever, you know, weighing out types, you know, they, uh, what the woman says, I have to do it. And the combination of that and the sort of like, oh, sweet Jesus, Mary and Joseph, we're all going to die, we're all going to fucking die, you know, if you don't do it, do what the government is. The combination, you, mix the, you put those two together and you have them. On one hand, they're absolutely terrified and begging the government for salvation. On the other hand, they're smug and arrogant about it. It's like, well, well I'm a better man than you because I do what the government tells me. I'm in control. That's what they're like. I'm in control because the government tells me what to do now, boy. That's what I do, boy. It's like, you're, 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 look, let me tell you something, boy. I'm educated and intelligent, and I know what to do. When the government tells me to do something, boy, I do it. And they fell beside going, you know, your man is right there. Do what the, do what the government tells you. Like, you know, right there, yeah. <coughs> and someone's saying, but look at Sweden. Oh, but oh, no, but Sweden is a basket case, boy. They're all dead in Sweden. They're all dying. They're all dying. No, they're not. He doesn't answer. Sweden, ha, ha, they didn't have a lockdown there, ha, ha, yeah, like Abba, you know, uh, Gemma. This is like what you're dealing with. Now, you, it's, it can seem quite frustrating, but you have to remember that these people essentially are not fully functioning human beings. There's nothing in there. They're just conditioned responses of mass media and propaganda that's been poured into a flesh robot. And, no, uh, uh, you know, uh, and their purpose is purely to prop up falsehoods that, uh, originate from the I'm going to have to use that one and you get them in all class of life you get them in like the ones of South County Dublin well the, you know I'm deeply concerned about climate change and you know the, the government's policy on climate change I wish it was you know these types it's like they, they you know you, they're, they're, in the past if you took if you went to their grandparents you would find their grandparents the ones who were like I'm a rational atheist I read uh, I'm deeply concerned about climate change and I was over you know I flew over to Bali last year with my my my, my, my life partner Quinton and we were talking about the you know how science the, the, the science behind climate change is you cannot argue with science and while we were discussing that there's 47,000 genders and uh, there's no such thing as XY chromosomes anymore we were we, 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 we can't reach people with the science of COVID-19 and the science of climate change you know you would have taken them back their grandparents would have been like you know and so the bishops told us like the bishops told us that we should we should uh, you know abstain from eating fish on Fridays because it would lower you know and the 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 the, the other ones, so they're you know, the other types, you know, like yeah, and I'm smarter than you, boyo, because I like I I I do what the government says. And the other one that goes, ah, star, yo, jammer, I you fucking them ones. They would have been the same back in the past. God, what are you telling me that the that the churches raped the kids? Uh, are you a Protestant? There's something wrong with you. You sorry, yeah. And the other one goes, ah, ah, oh, the church has been very good to the people, very good to the people. No, you know, they've been very good to us. Uh, you know, uh, when Father O'Brien raped my sister. Right? He made sure that the child got a decent education. The church have always been there for us. And they're the same they're the same archetypes today are the ones who are sitting there today going, uh, you must you must completely control believe government statistics and everything and uh, this kind of thing. And they'll never change. You know, you, you will go and you will go mentally ill trying to reach these people because at some fundamental basic level they're not like you. There's a different consciousness. And they prop up their their orthodoxical entrenchment through belittling others. Or I see when they're presented with something, you have to remember 
when you were a kid, I can always remember, like the kind of person that watches this video, you're intelligent, right? You, you, you can think for yourself. You, you're aware of yourself as a being, as an individual, and that your assumptions are developed within your own cognition and expressed out to the world, right? You're, you're, that's why you're here, right? Basically, you're not a fucking idiot, right? Now, second, now, do you remember when you were a kid? There was always, the, the kids used to say things like, on our television, there is a program on tonight, and it's not on your television. What do you mean? They used to think that every television had its own bespoke programming. Remember those kids when you were young, and you tried to explain, well, what are you on about? Uh, all televisions show the same thing. No, I have a television in my house that shows different things than yours. This is what these do like that. Or the, when they grow up to be adults, they would see a baddie in a soap opera and they'd attack him on the, on, the, on the bus. How dare you do that? I saw you on the show the other night on, on Fair City. You slapped the male around. You're a fucking thug. And you have, there was like, I remember it was Nick Cotton from, the guy who played Nick Cotton on EastEnders couldn't go onto the onto public transport in london because fellas would attack him in pubs and everything for 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 what he did how how, how dare you do that to our little mao you 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 bastard you know this kind of thing and then they go up in the court and these people could not tell the difference between what was on television and what was real life that actor was nick cotton he wasn't a guy playing a role and this this happens all over the world it's not it's not only in one country there are huge numbers of people that are not functioning in the way that you think they are. And when you try to say to them, look, it, I don't think this is right. You know, these, these government, this lockdown doesn't make sense. You're not talking to someone who's on the same cognitive or conscious level as you. You're just not. They cannot formulate. They cannot conceptualize. And they come from all walks of life, all classes and all education systems. They can be anything from a fella digging a hole in the ground. Yep. To someone with a PhD. And likewise, the smart ones can be the same. They can be anyone from a fella digging a hole in the ground to a PhD. These are the others. These are the ones we have to find. And we have we need this parallel society. Now there's also the terror there's also people in the middle of there who are terrified <laughs> ninnies who they have they they're desperate to stay alive at any cost. And even the most you know, their attitude is we have to have the lockdown because I might die. You remember like in the young ones where Rick Mail goes, Oh my god, everyone's gonna die, especially me. You know, it's just like that, and uh, they don't. They, they they will destroy the the future, children's futures in this country, so they can have an extra few weeks. And in fact, when you look at what the Rona really has been, it's been the destruction of Western civilization. The Rona. So a few geriatrics near the end of their lives can have a couple of more months on life support. That's really what it has been all about from the start. And I'm not saying that, that we should have compassion for people who are sick and dying and old. Of course we should. But they're the ones we isolate, not the whole society. And this is the madness of it. Now, the real reason, of, now let me explain to you the real reason why the Irish government is going full on. See, before, it, I remember I spoke the other day about, in a recent video, about when a pathological individual, uh, like, like it comes towards the end of their life, they, they tumble from psychopathy into psychosis. Well, the same thing happened with a control system, okay? There, what you saw at that press <clears throat> conference in Dublin the other day at the Irish government, and what you've seen in England and everywhere else, is a, is, 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 a, is a psychiatric state expressed as a bureaucratic uh, manifesto. That's what that is. And uh, they, the psychopath... Okay. The, <laughs> I was going to rant this evening. This guy's doing it for me. So, Thomas Sheridan... A little hard to understand, but uh, I think you get the general 
idea of what he's trying to say. The problem with uh, with ranting like this is that it doesn't reach the folks that you want it to. Calling a sheep a sheep is not going to make them aware. Richard Grannon on the YouTubes has a new video out called Codependent Brainwash Slave to Raging Rebellion. It's about an hour long. I recommend checking it out. A lot of this stuff I'd like to mirror, but uh, I need to get some <clears throat> bona fides in order to uh, re-upload re, uh, that stuff in its entirety. I don't want to step on any copyright toes. We are now streaming on the spoons as well. See how that goes. And we have some articles. <clears throat> Not too many from Zero Hedge this evening. It's uh, a lot of financial stuff, and I don't generally touch the financial stuff because... That just leads me down uh, the path of ranting about the Federal Reserve Bank. And the, the, the Federal Reserve Bank is one of those topics that you either know about or you stop listening when somebody talks about it because you don't know about it. I wish that weren't the case, but it's, it's the way of it. Anywho, here's some Second Amendment news. The Ninth Circuit, the Ninth Circuit Court strikes down California's ban on high-capacity magazines. And as I always like to reiterate, when it comes to high-capacity magazines, what's a high-capacity magazine? Well, <clears throat> eventually, what it's going to boil down to, a high-capacity magazine is any magazine for any gun that can hold more than one bullet. If that gun, if that magazine for that gun can hold more than one bullet, that's a high-capacity magazine, and therefore, we have to get rid of it. Because there's no, there's no upper or lower limit when it comes to definitions, the, the system loves changing definitions. The courts love playing around with words. You can call it wordsmithing. You can call it word magic. You can call it legalese, whatever. Weasel words. Whatever you want to use to describe it. Ultimately, what it comes down to is reality is what they say it is. And you have to accept their reality. Or else. 
So again, this is out of ZeroHedge.com. And it was published today, August 15th, 2020. As as American thinkers Andrea Widberg writes, a three-judge panel held that California's ban on high-capacity magazines violated citizens' rights under the Second Amendment to keep and bear arms. President Trump and George W. Bush appointed the two, the two judges who ruled against the ban in favor of the Constitution. The dissenting judge, a district court judge, sitting by assignment, is a Clinton appointee. Um, say it ain't so. Imagine my shock. Writing at Red State, Banshi summarizes what was an issue in the case, not just for California, but for many citizens in Democrat-run states that are trying to use backdoor methods to undo the Second Amendment. And there's a quote here. If you weren't aware, many states limit magazine capacity, with the most common stipulation being nothing over 10 rounds. This has been around... This has been a roundabout way to try and enforce some level of gun control in places like California. It's also an incredibly arbitrary measure. What make what make This is weird. What makes it constitutional to ban 11 rounds but not 9? Hmm. The courts and by the way, sometimes the grammar and spelling for these articles is not up to snuff, which is why I am a stuttering Stanley. It, it continues, and that, that's the end of that particular quote. The article continues, The court's lucid summary in Duncan versus Becerra is the best way to understand the decision. California's near-categorical ban of LCMs so-called large-capacity magazines, which is to say magazines that can hold more than 10 rounds, strikes at the core of the Second Amendment, the right to armed self-defense. Armed self-defense is a fundamental right rooted in tradition and the text of the Second Amendment. Indeed, from pre-colonial times to today's postmodern era, the right to defend hearth and home has remained paramount. California's law imposes a substantial burden to this right to self-defense. The ban makes it criminal for Californians to own magazines that come standard in Glocks, Berettas, and other handguns that are staples of self-defense. Its scope is so sweeping that half of all magazines in America are now unlawful to own in California. Even law-abiding citizens, regardless of their training and track record, must alter or turn over to the state any LCMs that they may have legally owned for years or face up to a year in jail. Mm-hmm. And by the way, <clears throat> wouldn't wouldn't the the gun manufacturers uh, bend the knee to these law these these law folks? Oh, what's that? Nine rounds is too many. Okay, we'll make a five round magazine. Oh, five's too many. We'll make a three round magazine. Three three's too many. All right, we'll just. From now on, we'll just make bolt action that can only hold a single round. Does that sound good? That's too many also? I guess we just have to close up the doors. 
continues. The state of California has latitude in enacting laws to curb the scourge of gun violence and has done so by imposing waiting periods and many other limitations. But the Second Amendment limits the state's abilities to second-guess a citizen's choice of arms if it imposes a, a substantial burden on their right to self-defense. I don't know why it says her, but I corrected it. Many Californians may find solace in the security of a handgun equipped with an LCM. Those who live in rural areas where the local sheriff may be miles away, law-abiding citizens trapped in high-crime areas, communities that distrust or depend less on law enforcement, and many more who rely on firearms to protect themselves and their families. California's almost blanket ban on LCMs goes too far in substantially burdening the people's right to self-defense, we affirm the district court's summary judgment and hold that California Penal Code Section 32310's ban on LCMs runs afoul of the Second Amendment. I'm sure it's not the I'm sure it's not the only law in in California's books that runs afoul of the Second Amendment. How did it ever get to this point, by the way? This is something, this was a law that was passed, now it's been overturned. But how did it happen in the first place? That's a conversation that needs to be had. And who was the dissenting judge, the the so-called Clinton appointee? Clinton appointee. This is a problem, folks. These judges, they're just as bad as the state senators that have been in office for 30 and 40 and 50 years. This dynastic rule, this this dynastic rule stuff needs to end, and it needs to end yesterday. I think we're I think we're too we're getting we're getting too fussy over amendments. By the way, that's the list of do not touch for the government. That's the list of things that they're not allowed to screw around with. <clears throat> How about how about we start banning some high capacity judges and high capacity uh, state senators? I think I think uh, nine terms is a little too many. I think maybe we should uh, lower the the number of rounds in in that particular magazine. What do y'all think about that Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals? What do y'all think about that? All right. The decision reflects the intersection of law and reality. That is, <laughs> isn't it interesting that they had to word it like that? That is, the judges in the majority understand the practical implications of larger magazine capacities. They know, as Americans are learning from police body cams, that a single bullet or even two or three bullets might not stop an attacker. The person shooting may miss, or the attacker may be so hopped up on drugs or be so mentally ill that it takes a barrage of bullets to stop them. Aside from forcing Justice Roberts to take up the case, the decision makes stark the distinction between 
Trump continuing in the White House versus Biden and Harris taking over. Harris has made it clear that she intends to force people to give up their weapons. Here again is Banchi's take. Quote, The other thing this ruling does is draw a line in the sand between some of the radical measures Kamala Harris and Joe Biden, if elected, want to take versus what is legally allowed. If having more than 10 rounds is constitutional, there's simply no way a forced gun buyback is going to survive a legal challenge, nor is it likely any assault weapons ban would stand. An AR-15 is simply a rifle and not even an overly powerful one at the end of the day. Thank you very much, O. Absolutely. A 5.56 round. That's... Look, they make bigger calibers, and they make them for a reason. 5.56 was designed to inflict injury. To rack up costs on the enemy side. Wasn't even really designed to kill. It was supposed to incapacitate and wound. How's the saying goes? You could you could shoot somebody in the kneecap and the bullet might fly out their elbow. But that's not even the point here. This is and by the way, this this quote I don't agree with this quote at all because we have tons and tons and tons of laws that have gotten shoehorned through our legal system by one mean or by, by one means or another that are certainly unconstitutional and they got passed anyways and how does that happen hmm and every once in a while one of these unconstitutional laws will get stricken down case in point here but how, but how many more unconstitutional laws are there left how many more will be made This never should have passed in the first place. Never. You want to argue about states' rights? Fine, we can have that argument. You're not going to like where it leads, though. Because if, if we are arguing at the end of the day over states' rights, then what we are talking about is... seceding from the union so might want to rethink that uh, argument if you were preparing to make it three years ago George Washington University law school professor Jonathan Turley questioned the constitutional and practical effect of gun control reforms pushed through after the Las Vegas massacre including limits on the capacity of magazines By the way, (laughs) fun fact, Stephen Paddock purchased the majority of his guns and magazines from a neighboring state. Didn't even purchase it in Nevada. Could have, but he didn't. So you still want to make that state's rights argument? I don't recommend it. The move, he writes in a note today, 
were being oversold in the media as reforms that would make such attacks less likely or deadly while also ignoring the constitutional standards for the review of such measures. Now, one of those reforms, California's ban on high-capacity gun magazines, has been struck down by a panel on the United States Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit. Notably, the magazine laws were one of the most promising areas of gun control laws after the court's 2008 decisions in District of Columbia versus Heller. Indeed, while I doubted its efficacy, I thought that limits on magazines could potentially pass constitutional muster under Heller with a properly crafted and supported law. Yeah, well, just about anything can be properly wordsmithed into law, as we have seen. And I anticipate, I anticipate by year's end, we're going to see... the mandates for the masks, that's going to become legislation. And the reason for that is is because not enough people are protesting it. Not enough people are saying anything about it. I do see some people that, that won't wear the masks or just don't care. But it's not enough. We're going to get into that later. I don't want to I don't want to get off into the covid's just yet this evening. <clears throat> At issue was Proposition 63, a resolution enacted in 2016 making magazines with a capacity of over 10 rounds unlawful. How do you like that? With with a flick of a pen, you're now a criminal. Isn't that nice? America. The decision affirmed U.S. District Judge Roger Benitez's decision last year, granting summary judgment in favor of Virginia Duncan and the California Pistol and Rifle Association. Lee was joined by U.S. Circuit Judge Consuelo Callahan, but a dissent was written by U.S. Judge... U.S. District Judge Barbara Lynn, sitting by designation from North District of Texas. In a 66-page order, mm-mm, love that gematria, U.S. Circuit Judge Kenneth Lee found Proposition 63 stuck at the core right of law-abiding citizens to self-defend by banning LCM, large-capacity magazines, possession within the home. Oh, you see, you see... It's the now we're at the we're at the uh, what do you call it uh, uh, fuck yeah we're at the fuck um concessions uh, that's not the word I'm looking for we're we're at the stage where we're we're going to make concessions. Okay. Well, well, how about instead of banning LCMs and outright, we'll just ban them outside of your home. Is, was that good enough for you, Mr. Mrs. and Mr. America? Is that good enough for you? Meh. As discussed in the earlier column, the problem with satisfying a strict scrutiny test with a rational basis. Once the Supreme Court found gun ownership to be an individual constitutional right, it triggered a strictly a, 
a strict scrutiny test and the most rigorous and exacting standard of constitutional review. Isn't that just great? Once the Supreme Court found gun ownership to be an individual constitutional right, wow, the Supreme Court interpreted the constitutional right that's been in existence for almost 300 years. We had to, we had to reinterpret it so, we could, so the, the government could give your rights back to you. You know the ones that are enumerated in the Constitution? Are you starting to get the sense that some of these folks uh, practicing law in this country might not have your best interest at heart? Talk about a fundamental lack of understanding of where this country came from and how. Unbelievable, man. That was Miller versus Johnson, 515 U.S. 900, 920, 1995. As such, it requires that a state law be narrowly ta- tailored to achieve a compelling interest. Mm-hmm. Goes on and goes on. Indeed, one of the more interesting aspects of the opinion is found in a footnote. Footnote 8 states that the new law is based on a false factual narrative that these magazines are the cause or substantial contributor to gun deaths. Eight, dangerousness is more difficult is a more difficult question because weapons are necessarily dangerous. Derp. The very attributes that make handguns particularly useful for self-defense are also what make them particularly dangerous. You don't say. Heller, 554 U.S. at 711. Briar J. dissenting. While we do not opine on the dangerousness of LCMs, we note that statistics in the record show that criminal use of LCMs is relatively low compared to their market saturation. Despite nearly 115 million LCMs in circulation in America today, between 1982 and 2012, LCMs were used 31 times in an incident where four or more people were killed. Let us be perfectly clear, we do not cite these statistics to downplay the gravity of these tragic and heartbreaking events. Rather, they are necessary to discern the broad patterns of use and subjective motives of gun owners when assenting whether typical possession is for lawful purpose. See New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Cuomo. Why am I not surprised Cuomo has his ass firmly buried in our gun laws somewhere? Second District Court, or Second Circuit Court, 2015. <clears throat> not familiar with that case maybe one of you guys can go look it up based on the statistics in the record we conclude that LCMs are in fact both commonly owned and typically possessed for lawful purposes there you go I don't really see a need to keep reading this when you when you hold the fact checkers up to the light 
things start falling apart very rapidly. The narrative just dissolves. It's like rapidly dissolving toilet paper. Just how rapidly are we talking about? <laughs> Check out a few other sources here before I kick off for the evening. I don't know. Seems kind of dead this evening. Check something here. It says we're still alive, so that's good news, anyways. Stuff here. I'm still I'm still feeling out air uh, airtime pro here, so I'm not gonna be able to cover some things just yet that I I would normally have no umbrage with uh, bringing up in an evening. <clears throat> Actually, not seeing a whole lot of COVID news. Okay, here's one. In I told you so news, I told you this was coming news. Fox News, of all places, August 13th, 2020. It's a little bit old. Connecticut says it has issued its first $3,000 in fines to a pair of residents who failed to comply with the state's new coronavirus travel advisory. Governor Ned Lamont announced Monday that the individuals were both hit with $1,000 fines for failing to fill out public health forms when they flew back weeks ago from Louisiana and Florida, two states that are reporting higher numbers on daily confirmed cases. Dun, dun, dun. One of those residents was fined an additional $1,000 after his co-worker informed officials he was refusing to self-quarantine for 14 days as required under the restrictions, he added. Look, I hate to do it, but we are going to be serious and show people we are serious about this. Yes, show us that you're serious about the psychological conditioning. Show us that you're going to hit all the different levels of... Occult initiation. Overwhelmingly, the number of people flying into our state from COVID-infected areas is way down. And I would, I would just like to interrupt this bullshit to ask a question, which is where are you getting your map of COVID-infected areas and how do you know that they're infected areas? And would you have still hit this guy, these guys up with the fines had you known that they came from an area that had no COVID cases? If such a place exists. Just asking, asking for a friend, bro. 
it goes on. I think people are self-policing and self-regulating, but not all are, he added. We wanted to send a message loud and clear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. COVID tracers are coming to a door near you. Oh, shit. They're coming to take me away, haha. Ha. They're coming to take me away, ho ho, he he, ha ha ho. <sighs> Government cameras hidden on private property. Welcome to open fields. This is out of against crony capitalism. Right now it appears the government can put cameras on your land thanks to a liberal interpretation of the Fourth Amendment. See? This is what happens when the when our amendments get interpolated. They they get interpolated right out of existence. So I guess the original source of this quote is agweb.com. Months prior in 2018, the Tennessee landowner, I was going to say lawn owner, I don't know why. The Tennessee landowner removed a game camera secretly strapped to a tree on his private land by wildlife officials in order to monitor his activity without apparent sanction or probable cause. Repeat, Hollingsworth residence was searched by the US government and state officials dressed to the nines in assault gear seeking to regain possession of a trail camera the precise camera they had surreptitiously placed on his private acreage after sneaking onto his property at night loading the camera with active SD and SIM cards and zip tying the device roughly 10 foot high up on a tree all without a warrant And did anything happen to these agents? Let's see. I'm going to the website right now. I want to read the full article. Can the government place cameras and monitoring equipment on a private citizen's land at will or conduct surveillance and stakeouts on private land? without probable cause or a search warrant. Indeed, according to the U.S. Supreme Court's SCOTUS interpretation of the Fourth Amendment, welcome to open fields. And uh, this this is probably older than the Patriot Act, but I'm just going to say Patriot Act, which to my knowledge has never been repealed. And, uh, oh, by the way, now we got the uh, NDAA, and it's, uh, little addendums, so really shouldn't surprise anybody. Oh, looks like we had somebody jump in and jump right back out. Fortnite content. Welcome and... 
goodbye. It's over on the spoons. Check the live feeds. Doesn't look like anybody's listening. But that's okay. The vast majority of Americans assume law enforcement needs a warrant to carry out surveillance. But for roughly a century, SCOTUS has ruled that private land is not private. By the way, do you have a loyal title on your land, Mr. and Mrs. America? Chances are you do not. Which means, even if you paid for your land outright and you paid off your mortgage entirely, that land is not yours. It belongs to the state. Unless, I think, I think Texas is the only state. I think Texas and one other state, I want to say, you actually get your Lodial title. But most states, that land belongs to the government. And they can just come on out and take it whenever they want, even if it's paid off. Fourth Amendment protections against unreasonable searches and seizures expressed in the Bill of Rights only apply to an individual's immediate dwelling area, according to SCOTUS. However, SCOTUS Open Fields Doctrine has been bucked in Mississippi, Montana, New York, Oregon, and Vermont through protections granted by state constitutions, and for many American landowners, the more they discover about open fields, the more questions they have regarding the bounds of government power. In Tennessee, Hollingsworth and Terry Rainwaters, another landowner who discovered multiple trail cameras on his property, placed by the state are taking their cases to state court claiming violations of the Tennessee state constitution. The Rainwaters and Hollingsworth stories continue alarming claims regarding the behavior of wildlife officials and raise a bevy of questions over open field states' rights and the sanctity of private property. Legal stalking? On bottomlands on bottomland squeezed in the rolling hills of northwest Tennessee's Benton County, a short walk from the banks of the Big Sandy River, Terry Rainwaters, 53, owns 136 acres of land containing two homes, farmland, and equipment shed, and a equipment shed. Rainwaters and his son, Hunter Rainwaters, 20, lives in one of the homes. A tenant occupies the other. The acreage is the physical center of Rainwater's life, a small place to farm, hunt, and reside with no one in one way out. With I'm sorry, man. I'm just fucking up all over tonight. With one way in, one way out, a gate that stays locked, backed by no trespassing and posted signs. On his way to hunt on his father's land during the first week of December 2017, Hunter Rainwaters was driving a side-by-side through the property when he noticed an oddity positioned roughly four feet off the ground. He popped the brakes, backed up towards the object, and looked in surprise at a trail camera belted to a tree. I didn't see any words or stickers on it, but I knew right away it wasn't ours, Hunter Rainwater recalls. Following the hunt, he drove back onto the property and spotted a second trail camera attached to a tree with several branches removed to allow for an un- unimpeded lens view. Rainwater detailed his father's dialed, his father's cell phone detailed, ding, and described the two cameras. 
I was shaken up when my son called and I knew immediately it had to be the TWRA, Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency. Deeply disturbed, Rainwaters arrived home in the afternoon and took a look at the two cameras mulling over whether to remove the pair. Two days later, with Rainwaters in limbo on what to, on what action to take, both cameras disappeared. I would have taken them fuckers down, but that's just me. That is your property. The government came onto your property illegally without a search warrant. And basically, I mean, you could, uh, you could argue that they were littering <laughs> maybe maybe it's uh i don't know you you could argue you thought you had a stalker maybe somebody creeping on you or something or if you got any kids they're creeping on your kids you probably have a strong argument for that i would have kept them motherfuckers to be honest Or better yet, set up my own camera so I could catch the bastards coming back onto my property to take their, uh, change out the SD cards or batteries or whatever. I bet you those are some really fancy cameras too. I would have confiscated them. Those are probably six or seven hundred dollar cameras. Easy. So it goes on to say they paid some hunting fines. Goes down a little bit. There's another guy, Wyndham. Wyndham's questions ripped the lid off of Pandora's box of additional queries. How often does the TWRA place warrantless photo or video cameras on the land of state residents? Beyond the officer who places the camera, who else is in the know? Does TWRA have a list of past camera locations and current active cameras? Who in government is allowed to view the footage? Who owns the footage? Is the government recording private slash personal moments? Can the government film for days, weeks, years? Does TWRA recommend prosecution of a landowner for breaking or removing a camera? From both legal and ethical perspectives, the questions are extensive. Most people recognize that if the government can enter your land on a whim and photograph you or videotape you without a warrant, that's wrong on a basic level. But unfortunately, the TWRA has been doing this for years, and they're still doing it today. What happened to Terry Rainwaters is not an isolated incident. It's widespread, Wyndham says. Look at Hunter Hollingsworth, for example. When people hear the details of what TWRA did on his land, they're shocked. Secrets and Shadows. On ground that rubs the banks of the Big Sandy, roughly five miles as the crow flies from Terry Rainwater's farm, Hollingworth owns 95 acres split between Henry and Benton counties. The acreage is remote, one road in and out, and gate access requires an easement access crossing to other landowners. So, this is gated land. Approximately an hour before daylight on the morning of January 26, 2018, Hollingsworth entered his property intending to duck hunt 
and as his truck rounded a curve, the headlights threw an unusual reflection high up on a scrub oak, just enough to light just enough light to spark Hollingsworth's curiosity, despite the likelihood of a raccoon or a forgotten piece of rotting deer stand. He stopped the vehicle, walked towards the tree, shined a flashlight. You know, I'm just going to stop the narration. He found another fucking camera. Did you really have to go in and write a fucking Nancy Drew novel to get this information out? It, it was unnecessary. Dickbag McGillicuddy found a fucking camera in his tree. Hi, Maya. Thanks for the like. (laughs) I'm in a particular mood this evening. Oh, looks like we lost her. (coughs) It's not the COVIDs. It's just my... Lungs rotting away from the vape. All right. I don't know. I'm not going to get into this anymore. I mean, now here's the thing. This guy had a a gate, and I'm willing to bet this thing was locked. Probably had a, uh, yeah, he's got a, he's got a chain, chain lock on his fence. So they came on to private property, probably didn't drive their vehicle, so would they... I'm just imagining Solid Snake running through the bushes, like jumping over this guy's fence, running through the bushes, scaling up a tree, and then placing one of these cameras. Jack Bauer, you know, 24. If you find the cameras, act unaware, go to the shed. This is not this is a comment that was left here by Rob Ray. If you find the cameras, act unaware, go to the shed, get your portable generator, cut the end off an extension cord and come up behind the camera, place the ends to the case with tape, go over, power up the generator for a couple of minutes. Hopefully you have fried all electrical diodes and so forth inside the little unit. You know, a rare earth magnet of sufficient power would would do just just the same, so not I am I'm not giving you advice to do that. I'm just saying, you know, if one were so inclined. <sighs> but don't worry about the COVID uh The COVID, the COVID Verify app. Don't worry about that. It's not gonna. We're not gonna track and trace you. It's just gonna be used for your health and safety. You know, I'm kind of glad I didn't bump into too many COVID articles this evening. I'm really getting tired of it.
Twitter spreads paid U.S. government propaganda while falsely claiming it bans state media ads. <laughs> Is anybody surprised? I'm not surprised. Let me check something out here. I think we're off air now. Yep. Yep, we got less than... Ten minutes left here. It has been fun. Well, actually, we got 35 minutes left, but I think... Maya, welcome back. How's my audio coming in, by the way? we're st I'm streaming on a different service this evening, and I think... I think we're going to be... I think I'm going to be using this more often instead of spoon. Oh, you didn't leave? The uh, spoon app showed that nobody was here for like a couple minutes, so I assumed that either you left or there was a bad connection or something. It's Spoon, so whatever. Don't worry about it. I wouldn't be surprised if there were some connectivity issues tonight too because I am really putting my my internet speed and bandwidth limitation to the limit. check something out here. Right. Got 30 minutes here. 30 minutes left here. I might play some Chris Hinkley stuff if I can locate it quickly enough. RBN has been having some technical derpiculties lately, so might not be able to mirror any of their their stuff for a while or at all <clears throat> this evening anyways is that a copyright strike if I if I hum the <laughs> the jeopardy tune Austin City Council votes to cut police department budget by one-third, reinvest money in social services. <sighs> they got a, the New World Order and the globalist elites, they have to kneecap Texas before their, the next phase of their plan can roll out. They have to. The last republic must fall before they can continue on with their agenda. Really, we're going to defund the police. What about the uh, DOD 1033 program and all the military weapons and hardware getting foisted onto the police? Are we going to cut that? All this, you know, 
all this tells me is they're going to jack up their uh, their ticketing rates to make up for lost funds and civil asset forfeiture. That's when the cops pull you over and they confiscate your contraband. You don't think so? You don't think so, Maya? I hope not. I haven't been here for so long. I noticed... I was wondering where you got off to. You know, they're starting the uh, the shuls up here in in Texas uh, this this coming week, I think. Not sure about other states. I think they're going back to like they have the classes online right now, but uh, I think next month. They're starting the actual physical schools back up again. As long as we don't get any, of that, <coughs> you know, any of that going on. <clears throat> and don't worry, they got the five G towers already installed, so it can cook your brains up real good while you're getting your public indoctrination on in the shuls. <coughs> <coughs> Disclaimer, fake coughing leads to real coughing. Ebola. <laughs> Ebrona. It's the it's the Ebrona twenty one virus. The TSA is secretly conducting risk assessments of Americans using mass transit. A recent UPI article revealed how the Government Accountability Office, GAO, wants TSA inspectors to give risk assessments to America's entire transportation networks. Hmm, I wonder what they're going to do with that data. I'm starting to rethink my claims of some folks, particularly of the... um, the anarchist bent talking about the southern border that Trump has been wanting to build for a while now actually being a wall to keep Americans in instead of illegal immigrants out. I'm starting to really starting to really consider that possibility right now. Given all that has transpired in the last eight months. Three ways human psychology is being exploited to create an, an obedient self-policing society. I don't know if I have enough time for this. <clears throat> this is by Dylan Charles from The Waking Times. I'm going to skip over a lot of this because it's dribble. The human psyche is built to withstand only a certain amount of pressure and in our overconnected world during a global crisis, be it real or otherwise, the stressful stimuli we're soaking up in a single day is astronomical. The mind has a few coping mechanisms like fight or flight, cognitive dissonance, denial, Stockholm syndrome, etc., but in a time like this, you're likely to experience it all. 
Yay! But wait, there's more! As the chronic stress grinds on with no end in sight, it wears down emotionally, physically, and mentally. And in this state, we regress into more habitual, subconsciously driven behaviors, and the mind becomes very easy to manipulate. To the interrogator or torturer, sustained stress is the key to unlocking the mind and the key to creating obedience and conformity. The scientific study of the mass mind has become an integrated tool of the economy and the state. Edward Bernays laid the groundwork for this. He was Sigmund Freud's nephew, and in a few classic publications like Propaganda and Crystallizing Public Opinion, he articulated his theory that the mass mind can be controlled to an extraordinary degree. Quote, the conscious and intelligent manipulation of the organized habits and opinions of the masses is an important element in democratic society. Those who manipulate this unseen mechanism of society constitute an invisible government, which is the true ruling power of our country. We are governed, our minds are molded, our tastes formed, and our ideas suggested largely by men we have never heard of. It is they who pull the wires that control the public mind. Edward Bernays, Propaganda, 1928. You're going to Canada? It's going to be bad there too, Maya. They're doing, they're doing the same crap up there. I want to go to Canada too, but not with this crap going on. <clears throat> Still on my bucket list. In the preface to A Brave New World, Aldous Huxley warned us that a minority interest in our world was deliberately and successfully exploiting the mass human mind for the interest of commerce and politics. Quote, impersonal forces over which we have almost no control seem to be pushing us all in the direction of the brave new worldian nightmare and this impersonal pushing is being consciously accelerated by representatives of commercial and political organizations who have developed a number of new techniques for manipulating in the interest of some minority the thoughts and feelings of the masses aldous huxley preface to a brave new world end quote so Unfortunately, I don't have enough time to get into all this, but let me read some of the headers here. One, deferring responsibility to perceived authority figures. Two, when put into a position of authority, people will abuse their power. When put into a subjugated position, people will behave as prisoners. Three, when people are put into a doctor-patient relationship as the patient, they will develop a sense of helplessness and powerlessness. The fundamental point is that tyranny does not flourish because perpetrators are helpless and ignorant of their actions. It flourishes because they actively identify with those who promote vicious acts as virtuous. It is this conviction that steals participants to do their dirty work, and that makes them work energetically and creatively to ensure its success. Haslam and Riker. So, that's a quote from 
contesting the nature of conformity, what Milgram and Zimbardo's studies really show. It's a 2012 research paper. <clears throat> Another little tidbit of information that people interested in doing your own homework, look it up. Maya, you're going to a different island? <laughs> Better be on Mars. It's the only way you're getting away from this crap, I'm afraid. It is literally happening everywhere. So. Let's see how much time we got left. <laughs> I still love those emojis. How much time we got left here? We got another 20 minutes left. I do not have 20 minutes more material, unfortunately. I could I could rant some more, but I think I'm just about ranty ranted out for this evening. Donald Trump donates quarterly salary to repair monuments. <laughs> Here's another mirrored, re-uploaded interview between Dave Cullen from Computing Forever on the YouTubes and Dolores Cahill. <clears throat> we definitely don't have enough time for that. That's 20 minutes long. Let me see if I can find the, uh, man, if this don't get me booted, I don't know what will. <clears throat> I think it was Houston. Here it is. Now I want to try and find one that hasn't been clipped because there's a lot of debunking or attempted debunking going on here. <clears throat> so this is a doctor, a lady doctor out of Houston. Here in the great state of Texas. She claims she treated over 300 patients with hydroxychloroquine and all of them recovered. These are COVID-19 patients. So we're going to play that for your listening pleasure now. Dippin' Dots, hello, welcome. Thanks for the like. I don't mean to keep calling you by your old name. I just have no idea how to pronounce the one you, you have now. So... I'm going to be skipping the uh, commentary at the beginning. Now, you had those claims there coming from um, Dr. Stella Emanuel. How, how do you react? So I think it's very clear to, um, to say that as things currently stand, we do not have enough evidence to be able to turn around and say that hydroxychloroquine is an effective treatment in, in 300 patients, that's not proof, bro. 
uh, picks her, it didn't happen. 300 patients from this doctor. I'm sure she'd be more than willing to share her uh, her patient records with the World Health Organization. And I'm sure she is not the only doctor with this information to share. So I just love the narrative defense, the narrative defense team coming to the defense of the mainstream narrative. Vibing. <laughs> this is gonna this is gonna require a little bit more snooping around because I I can't find a version of this that doesn't have somebody's fucking commentary over the top of it. Of course, we can't let the woman speak. We can't let this strong, independent woman speak for herself. We gotta have the corporate-approved narrative over a top of what she's saying while she's saying it, interrupting her. I'd like to find the original video. The mainstream media doesn't seem to want to give voice to a strong, independent woman. I don't know why that is. It kind of seems sexist to me. <laughs> I literally cannot find a version of this that has not got news anchors talking over the top of her. This is so incredibly fucking unprofessional. Oh, what a bunch of shit. Let me see if I can find this woman's name. Stella Emanuel. Okay. YouTube does not want me to fucking see this, man. Oh, here's the top one. Daddy Freeze debunking Dr. Stella Emanuel's claim that hydroxychloroquine cures COVID-19. Isn't it funny that that video pops up and I can't even find her her original speech in Houston? You can't even fucking find it. Let me see if I can find this somewhere else, because apparently it's been removed. It's all right to put the debunking video up, but you can't let the woman stand on her own merits on the YouTubes. Because this is a free speech platform until you say something we don't agree with, and then it's not a free speech platform anymore. Okay, let me see. Maybe I can find something on the bit shoots. Ha <laughs> ha! 
no one will fucking publish this. We're running up against the clock here, and I cannot find this video. The Irishman. Welcome, welcome, the Irishman. These sons of bitches. COVID doctor challenges CNN and Fauci to take urine tests to prove they aren't taking hydroxychloroquine. Yep, please, please do. Okay. Probably gonna have to look on the bit shoots. <clears throat> Might be on D Live. <sighs> what the fuck? Here it is. This is the video they don't want you to hear or see. I'm Dr. Stella Emanuel. I'm a primary care physician in Houston, Texas. Um, I'm Dr. Stella Emanuel. I'm a primary care physician in Houston, Texas. You know, um, I actually uh, went to medical school in West Africa, Nigeria, where I took care of malaria patients, treated them with hydroxychloroquine and stuff like that. So I'm actually used to these medications. I'm here because I have personally treated over 350 patients with COVID. Patients that have diabetes, patients that have high blood pressure, patients that have um, asthma, old people. I think my oldest patient is 92, 87 year olds. And the result has been the same. I put them on hydroxychloroquine, I put them on zinc, I put them on Zitromax, and they are all well. For the past few months, I've taken care of over 350 patients. We've not lost one. Not a diabetic, not a somebody with high blood pressure, not somebody with asthma, not an old person. We've not lost one patient. And on top of that, I've put myself, my staff, and many doctors that I know on hydroxychloroquine for prevention because by the very mechanism of action, it works early and as a prophylaxis. We see patients, 10 to 15 COVID patients every day. We give them breathing treatments. We only wear surgical masks. None of us has gotten sick. It works. So right now, I, I came here to Washington, D.C. to say, America, nobody needs to die. The, 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 the study that made me start using hydroxychloroquine was a study that they did in, under the NIH in 2005 that say it works. Recently, I was doing some research about a patient that had hiccups. And I found out that they even did a recent study in the NIH, which is our national institute um, that is the, the national, NIH, national Institute of, of Health. They actually had a study, I'm going to look it up, type hiccups and COVID. You will see it. They treated a patient that had hiccups 
with hydroxychloroquine, and it proved that COVID is a symptom of, hydro of, of uh, hiccups. It's a symptom of, of COVID. So if the NIH knows that treating the patient with hydroxychloroquine proves that hiccup is a symptom of COVID, then they definitely know that hydroxychloroquine works. I'm upset. Why I'm upset is that I see people that cannot breathe. I see parents walk in, I see diabetics sit in my office knowing that this is a death sentence and they can't breathe. And I hug them and I tell them, it's gonna be okay, you're gonna leave. And we treat them and they leave. None has died. So if some fake science, some person sponsored by all these fake pharma companies comes out and say, oh, we've done studies and they found out that it doesn't work, I can tell you categorically it's fake science. I wanna know who is sponsoring that study. I wanna know who is behind it because there is no way I can treat 350 patients and counting, and nobody is dead, and they all did better. And then you're going to tell me that you treated 20 people, 40 people, and, and it didn't work. I'm a true testimony. So I came here to Washington, D.C. to tell America, nobody needs to get sick. This virus has a cure. It is called hydroxychloroquine, zinc, and zitromax. I know you people want to talk about masks. Hello? You don't need masks. There is a cure. I know they don't want to open schools. No, you don't need to, people to be locked down. There is prevention and there is a cure. And let me tell you something. All you fake doctors out there that tell me, oh yeah, I want a double-blinded studies. I just tell you, squeeze sounding like a computer, double-blinded, double-blinded. I don't know whether your chips are malfunctioning, but I'm a real doctor. I have radiologists, we have plastic surgeons, we have neurosurgeons like Sanjay Gupta saying, oh yeah, it doesn't work and it causes heart disease. Let me ask you, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, hear me. Have you ever seen a COVID patient? Have you ever treated anybody with hydroxychloroquine and they died from heart disease? When you do, come and talk to me. Because I sit down in my clinic every day and I see these patients walk in every day, scared to, scared to death. I see people driving two, three hours to my clinic because some ER doctor is scared of the Texas board or they are scared of something and they will not prescribe medication to these people. I tell all of you doctors that are sitting down and watching Americans die, you're like, the good Nazi, the good what? The good Germans that watch Jews get killed and you do not speak up. If they come after me, they threaten me. They've threatened to, I mean, I've gotten all kinds of threats. Oh, they're going to report me to the boards. They're going to, I say, you know what? I don't care. I'm not going to let Americans die. And if this is the mountain, if this is the hill where I get nailed on, I will get nailed on it. I don't care. You can report me to the boards. You can kill me. You can do whatever. But I'm not going to let Americans die. And today I'm here to say it. That America, there is a cure for COVID. All this foolishness is not, does not need to happen. There is a cure for COVID. There is a cure for COVID. It's called hydroxychloroquine. It's called zinc. It's called Zitromax. And it is time for the grassroots to wake up and say, no, we're not going to take this any longer. We're not going to die. Because let me tell you something. When somebody is dead, they are dead. They're not coming back tomorrow to have an argument. They're not coming back tomorrow to discuss the double-blinded study and the data. All of you doctors that are waiting for data, if six months down the line you actually found out that this data shows that this medication works, how about your patients that have died? You want a double-blinded study where people are dying? It's unethical. So, guys, we don't need to die. There is a cure for COVID. My message to Dr. Anthony Fauci is, when is the last time you put a stethoscope on a patient? That when you start seeing patients, like we see on a daily basis, you will understand the frustration that we feel. And you need to start feeling for American people like we the frontline doctors feel. And you need to start re realizing that 
they are listening to you. And if they are going to listen to you, you got to give them a message of hope. You got to give them a message that goes with what you already know that hydroxychloroquine works. Dr. Warrior, as I've said before. Dr. Emanuel. Dr. Emanuel, uh, you mentioned before some uh, remarkable results of treating uh, your own patients. Uh, yes. Yes, sir. Have you been able to publish your findings and results? We're working on publishing it right now. We're working on that. You have been listening to Rant Radio. I'm your host, Invisible Star. On this Conspiracy to Commit Journalism, episode one over on Airtime. And episode, I don't know, 100-something on Spoon. This episode was brought to you via the power of rantmedia.ca and server. Light your candles. The open conspiracy continues next time.